Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I'm here with Dancewell Podcast. Today, we interview Josephine Lee, also known as the Point Shoe Fairy, on Point Shoe Fitting. Josephine is, amongst other things, a point shoe fitter, the founder of the point shop, and an award-winning public speaker. Josephine started learning the art of fitting point shoes when she was only 15 years old. She went on to graduate from the University of Southern California with a degree in communication and opened a dance retail business in Irvine, California in 2011. After recognizing a need for more accessible and knowledgeable point shoe fittings, she started a traveling point shoe fitting company called The Point Shop in January of 2014. On this episode, Josephine talks to us about a myriad of topics relating to point shoe fitting, including what factors she considers when fitting you for a shoe, how your perfect shoe might change if you're injured, and when to make repeat visits to a point shoe fitter. One thing I certainly didn't have an appreciation for before talking to Josephine is that finding your perfect shoe is quite a dynamic process. So like you might originally be fitted with one brand's make, but after adjusting elements of your technique or say working on foot and ankle strength, you might be better suited for a different shoe entirely. No matter what your fit, Josephine notes that point shoes should be used as a tool to help you perform at your best. And this, in my opinion, is not unlike your individualized warm-up routine, learning how not to engage in negative self-talk, or any of the other tools we've discussed on the numerous Dancewell episodes. So with that in mind, get ready to learn something about point shoe fitting from Josephine Lee on episode 63, Finding the Shoe That Fits. Buckle your seatbelts. On this episode, nutrition, life coach, dance and performance, psychological development. And today you are in for treat. Hi. Hello. This is Ellie Kushner. And this is Marissa Schaefer from Dancewell Podcast. Dancewell Podcast. Hi, Josephine. Welcome to Dancewell. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, So let's open up with a pretty broad question. I want to ask you, what is your role as a point shoe fitter? So we developed a type of point shoe fitting that is different than what you traditionally would get from when you go into a retail store. So traditionally, if you go get fitted for point shoes, they're mostly looking at your shape and size. But the way that we do it is that we're looking at your technique, your your skill, your strength, your flexibility. We're re- really analyzing the entire dancer and trying to find a shoe that can help you dance better. So we're looking at a lot of different factors um, and your natural abilities. And um, we're really customizing the fit for each individual dancer. So can you tell me a little bit about like what you look at when you look at technique? Like, are you having someone go through a few plies? Are you having someone do a dance sequence? How are you assessing that? So we do mostly, um, when we, when we analyze dancers, we're looking at, um, everything at the bar. So we're looking at tendus, we're doing plies to see how long the Achilles is and um, how deep your plie is. We're looking at their ankle flexibility and their foot flexibility when they're doing tendus. Um, also, when they go, uh, when they rise up to releve, we're looking at how they rise. So if they're stable, if they're wobbling, if they're straight. Um, and also, we look at sautés as well. So how well you can keep yourself aligned. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. and then talk to me a little bit about like how that might alter your shoe choice. Um, so the shoe choice could be different every time a dancer comes in because mm-hmm. we change as dancers when they're, when you're dancing. So if you're, let's say having 
a lot of problems with ankle flexibility, then we're trying to find a shoe that can help them just get over the box better. Mm-hmm. And if you're having trouble, uh, let's say, with stability, where you have weaker ankles, so you're wobbling all over, then looking for stability. So really, what we're trying to supplement what the dancer is uh, doing or not doing well, and we're trying to fix certain habits that they have. Um, I can also go as far as um, if you are doing great and everything looks fine, I might sometimes take away stability so that you can engage your core more um, so that you can get stronger faster and you can work through your feet better. So depending on what each dancer needs at that particular time, um, the shoe choices are different. Um, even if, uh, let's say, if you're coming out of an injury or if you're recovering, it might be a different shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that also is like seems like a awesomely ripe atmosphere to be collaborating with the dance teacher and perhaps the dancer and maybe even a physical therapist or an MD or whomever it is that might be on that dancer's like you know dancing team, so to speak. So like for example. If you think like, okay, everything looks great and you want to challenge them a little bit more, is that something that you are relaying to the dancer beforehand, before you do that or after you do that or talking to their, uh, talking to people on their dance team, so to speak? Yeah, so we definitely work with a lot of PTs um, that work mostly with dancers because um, we have to be on the same page. So if we have the same goal, let's say to get this dancer better from this injury, or if we are trying to get this dancer to engage her core more or, or whatever, we have to be on the same page. So I, I definitely um, relay that message to the, the physical therapist or whoever she works with mm-hmm. so that we can all work together because I'm just providing the tool here, but I can't make the dancer correct her issues or I can't make her physically stronger like these are just something that will help her do that but um, the other half of this is to be able to work with um, a professional a medical professional or whatnot or cross trainer whatever it is um, to actually have her put in the work to get her stronger so um, I'm just putting on you know a band-aid in the issue but we really have to learn to to fix it as a whole Absolutely. Um, do you ever like personally give some exercises or tips to the dancer before they leave the space to give them suggestions of how to start on that journey? Or do you tend to refer out or how does that look? We do that all the time. So we, we definitely give exercises when we see a certain portion that the dancer needs to work on. So for example, um, this is not all of it, but sometimes uh, we see a dancer with some some bad habit. Let's say like she likes to sickle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're we're working on the outside of her leg, sure. so that um, so we we definitely give theraband exercises to help them stabilize that. But um, like I said, if there's one issue, usually it's not just one problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the overall dancer that we need to work on. So holistically we can only give so much the dancer has to put in the rest of the work and um, that's when you you come in and um, we really like the idea of having the dancer um, not just go to you when when the dancer is injured Mm -hmm. we really want the dancers to continue on this type of exercise or this type of check-in with a medical professional because um, it's so much more safe if the dancer is performing 
correctly rather than just repeating the same bad habits over and over again. So prehab is definitely a big, um, big, big thing for, for dancers. Yeah, absolutely. For us too. Um, because we, we know that bad technical habits can perhaps be a predictor of injury down the line. Um, Absolutely. One thing you said to me at some point, I think when we were preparing for this interview that I really liked, was that you like it when people come to you with a problem as opposed to a solution. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Absolutely. So a lot of dancers, when they come in, um, they are relaying some problem or they're relaying some some solution that her that their teacher is giving us mm-hmm. so they'll say this box is too square or um the the vamp is too long or get a shorter vamp get a get a softer shoe so when when a dancer comes into me with a solution like that i don't exactly know why they want to change that particular thing because there are many many solutions to the same problem so if they come in with a problem then we can start fixing fixing that instead of having the solution just come to us because i i don't know what the dancer is doing in class so they might be getting over on their point shoes when they're just stepping up on point but when they're in class they might not be Right. So I don't exactly know what I'm fixing. So when a teacher sends them to to us with a problem like that, um, it's it's I, I mean a solution like that. It's very difficult for me to fix. However, if you're coming in and saying I'm not getting over my box or um, I I'm breaking my shoes too low or um, if there's some problem that they're coming in with, then I'm able to give them a better solution because there are so many ways to fix the same problem mm-hmm. depending on who the dancer is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, we need a shorter vamp for um, because she's not getting over the box. But the problem might be that the box shape isn't correct, that this foot isn't sitting in the shoe correctly. And that's right. why she's not getting over, not because the vamp is too short. So, um, it's, I, I always encourage teacher to, teachers to send their dancers with the problem that they're seeing in class rather than just the solution. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it all over the place, right? Like I see it um, in, in physical therapy as well where people come in and say, okay, yeah, I have this problem. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Actually, like let's, right. like, <laughs> let's take into account your whole body, how you move, you know, have you had diagnostic imaging? Have you seen a medical, another medical professional? Professional, where is this coming from? Oh, my friend had this, and it was this, and I have the same symptoms. Right. And it's like, okay, well, everyone's <laughs> unique. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. And to your point, there are many, there are many solutions to every one problem, and it, it really is finding um, the shoe that fits, <laughs> finding the, the solution that fits for that individual, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, um, so you mentioned liking individuals to see movement specialists and healthcare professionals for prehab and also rehab. And then you mentioned earlier that shoes might change based on injuries that we have. So just kind of tying those two together. Um, what, like how might, can you give us examples of how you might modify a shoe for somebody if they are injured? Mm. So it depends on what the injury is and what their problems are doing. Mm -hmm. So even if it's the same injury, actually, um, I might have a different solution for them because 
they uh, might be affected because the shoes are too hard or too soft, if they're not able to work through them properly, the shoes are not supportive. Um, so depending on what the dancer's tendency is, it's a different solution. So even if, let's say, they uh, the dancer has tendonitis, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, some dancers need more support and some dancers need um, to have a less supportive shoe. Sure. So... Um, so it is very different for each individual dancer. Like I had a dancer in Chicago and she had, um, gosh, I was working with her PT. I forget exactly what her injury was, but she, she needed a harder shoe because she wasn't able, she didn't have the strength to be able to get over and be supported. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had another dancer who was actually, who lived very close to her, had the same exact problem. And then I had to give her something that was much, much softer so mm-hmm. that she was able to articulate better. So it, even if it's the same injury, um, the shoes might be different because of how you function in, in like in your own body. That makes that makes perfect sense. And then might that shoe continue to change as they're going through or working through this injury as well? Definitely. Definitely. So we have, um, for, for a lot of dancers, we have like just the two part series where we have that injury shoe and we're able to go back to a regular shoe after she is healed and she's able to work through her shoes better. Mm-hmm. But, um, we can have up to like three, four, five, um, different point shoes, um, to get her through that injury completely. Mm-hmm. So the first shoe might, and it's like a revolution of how they're getting better or, um, how they're working differently. So it could be up to like five different point shoes to get wow. her through an entire series of injuries. That's a lot. Um, yeah. I also like this is bringing to mind what I think sets apart um, healthcare practitioners that specialize in treating dancers um, is that we we try to keep people dancing through their injuries as much as is possible as opposed to I feel like I've heard uh, docs that don't deal with dancers say like, oh, oh, you have this injury, like you should just stop dancing. Um, so I kind of, I like this idea of um, perhaps offloading, you know, something that hurts or, or modifying the shoe based on where the person is at in the moment so that they continue, can continue to do their craft and be active to an extent and participate uh, while they are on the mend. Yeah, I, I think that's, something that we all went through right Mm -hmm. so like 20 years ago when we were dancing doctors I mean I I think dance medicine has really come into light the past I don't know maybe five six years or so Mm -hmm. It's, it's pretty recent but 20 years ago when we would go to the doctor everyone would just tell us to tell us to stop dancing because it's not natural for human beings to be on point, you know, you know, we're, we're not really designed to be walking on our toes. Uh, So it is, uh, it it is very important to find somebody who understands what a saute is, what an alpacone is, you know, like they should know what that is because you're, we're not going to stop. You know, 20 years ago when someone told me that you should stop dancing because of this, whatever, um, I'm going to do it regardless. I'm just pr- probably going to keep stop injuring myself you. further. <laughs> right, right. Keep injuring yeah. yourself or <laughs> stop telling you. <laughs> exactly. I'll just not say anything from sure. now on. 
Sure. But I think we all went through that. So that's why we grew up to become the people that we needed when we were dancing, mm -hmm. because we're just trying to get the dancers to be able to do it correctly. And um, everyone deserves everyone deserves to pursue their passion. Um, and, and if that's that happens to be dance, then we need people that are on our team that can help us support that. Right. Absolutely. Um my mind, sorry, it wandered backwards a second. Um, so we mentioned getting different shoes. like So fitting point shoes and finding shoes that work for you is a dynamic process. So it's not like a, oh, I got fitted when I was 12 and they worked great and that was my shoe for life. <laughs> right, we get injured, our body <laughs> changes. Um, what, like, what other points have you um, – had dancers come in looking for new shoes like for example like if they get into a company where they dance more or if they get older and their feet change or I, I don't know I'm making them up sure we actually work with a lot of professionals and I still get messages all the time from my friends who are working in major ballet companies and they're still struggling to mm -hmm. find shoes mm -hmm. um so your your feet not just your feet, but your entire body changes. And um, this evolution of um, your body is just so, like you said, dynamic. Mm -hmm. It's changing constantly and your shoes should change to to accommodate that. So uh, th there are some dancers, very few, that I fitted in their first pair of point shoes. And every single time that I've seen them for years and years, they've been in the same shoe. That's very rare. rare. Yeah. That is very, very rare. Um, most dancers will continue to change. Uh, there might be a better shoe out there for them. Um, shoes are coming in and out of market all the time. Mm -hmm. And each shoe that that comes into market that deserves that deserves to stay in the market, they're they're fixing some problem. So um, you might be struggling with one particular issue where the point shoe is not. There isn't a point shoe for you to solve that problem sure. but there might be one next year so there's a new shoe coming into market all the time so it's good to kind of experiment and change especially um if you're a dancer between 11 through 18 then your body is like it's like a moving target right. all the time right so a shoe that might have not worked for you at the very beginning might work for you years down the line totally so yeah, so it just depends on where you are in that particular uh, time in your dance career. Absolutely. Um, the You brought up another question for me, too, which is, do you ever deal with, like, point shoe makers to, to relay information to them to get custom shoes done, or are you mostly um, buying what's out on market? So most of the dancers that are in training, uh, we fit with stock shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, most of the professionals that we work with, it's mostly custom shoes. Mm -hmm. um, when a dancer gets to a level where they are pretty comfortable and pretty confident in the type of shoe that they like, and they're going to be in it for a little while, um, meaning like more than like six pairs or so, mm -hmm. then we think about having a different um, custom to fit that foot. Because there's no one shoe that's going to fit you. It's, sure. There's no like perfect shoe. So if you can get it very, very close to the stock shoe, we can tweak that to customize it. Mm -hmm. And that is why my husband only buys custom shirts. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. When you know you like something and you just have to tweak like one or two things, like that's exactly 
how it should be. Absolutely. That's why custom pointers exist. So how does that conversation work with you and and getting that custom shoe for the professional? It depends on what brand the dancer lands in. So mm-hmm. some some um, customs are very easy. All I have to do is order it, and I know what customs are available. And it just takes a little bit longer um, to make. But generally, it's not too difficult. If it's a, if, if it's a factory, then I'll ask to change certain things. Um, I'll take the I'll, I'll take the stock shoe as reference, mm-hmm. and then I will tweak everything else from there. Interesting. Do you send in like a last or a mold of the dancer's foot as well? Or are you specific like, you know, two inches from the end of the box I want, blah, blah, blah? So generally with custom shoes, the last is already in place. So we're working off of a last that already exists. Okay. And um, we'll probably say, hey, that we need um, uh, taking from, let's say, an Ava last. So we want the Ava shoe, but we want two inches down the back. We need to cut down the size, we need a shorter vamp, a longer wing, um, everything that you can change on the outside of the shoe, like we can change, like any fabric or, or anything like that. Gotcha. Cool. Um, going back to the opposite end of the spectrum to talk about kids as well, um, is there anyone who's walked into your space who you think is perhaps not an appropriate fit for for dancing on point at that moment in time and how do you cipher that I know as a physical therapist like we you know I work one of the places I work at is Harkness Center for Dance Injuries we have a you know a checklist that we go down for point readiness um have you had that conversation what does it look like what kind of criteria are you looking at to assess what conversations do you have so it, it, we're usually the people with the least amount of authority to make that assessment. So the first person that will um, that has the most access to the dancer is the ballet teacher. So if the ballet teacher thinks that they're ready, um, and and I see something that is, uh, is maybe may questionable, I'll I'll start with a series of questions of like are you going to be on center the next year or are you, is this just pre-point where you're just at the bar? Sure. Like, what are you doing right now? Um, What is your teacher, what does pre-point look like to you? Like, what is the first year? If they're just at the bar, um, it's generally okay. But if it's like, they're actually going to go on point, they're going to go in center, they're actually going to start working, then um, I generally turn them over to a PT. So I push that over to someone who understands dancers and who have a checklist of point readiness um, assessments so that you can, so I I turn that over to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. (laughs) I can can imagine that is it, that might be, I mean, that could get difficult. I, I feel like it's every little girl's dream to want to go on point shoes and to have that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is actually not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. Because, huh. like, the first time, it's like, it, it is very disappointing. But what they they understand is that, like, of course I'm gonna, I, I want to sell a shoe, right? right? Of course. Like, it's of course I want to sell a shoe. That's my, that's my business. Right. But, like, if I am going out of my way to not sell a shoe to you because of your safety they are usually incredibly understanding mm-hmm. because it's not to my benefit to turn you away. Right. It's for your benefit. And right. that's what happens, not just for dancers who are not ready to go on point, but also 
dancers that are injured and they shouldn't be on point at that time. Right. So I also turn over that um, that authority to a PT or a doctor that I say, hey, you need to get an MRI. You don't need to get point shoes right now, right? So um, I think they're much more understanding when it comes to, to me because they know that I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for them. Right, right. Good point. Very good point. Um, oh, there is a awesome picture of you in your massive van um, that says the, the point shop on it, aka your point shoe fitting business. Um, what goes into that van uh, when you go for point shoe fittings? So it's about five, depending on where I'm going, how far I'm going. Um, mm-hmm. When I go on like my crazy, like, 45 day trip across the country, uh, I carry around 500 pairs of point shoes. Wow. And um, we don't carry anything else. Even in our physical locations, we're not like a regular retail store. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have tutus, we don't have tap shoes, jazz shoes, leotards, tights, none of those things. Uh, we just carry point shoes and we really focus just on that because um, we treat this like. Um, not just like a shoe sales, like it's a shoe sale. It's really like an appointment that you need to have for, um, to get an assessment. So, um, that's all I carry in my van, 500 pairs of point shoes. And (laughs) it's heavy. It's funny because I, I, I have these bins and a lot of people are like, is that bread? Are the sandwiches? (laughs) They kind of look like in my clear boxes. (laughs) Shoes, just shoes. (laughs) Yeah, they're all shoes. They're like, oh wow, that looks different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And you don't, you don't even bring like um, padding or anything like that as well. Is that up to the dancer? How does that work? Oh, th- so good question. We we carry all of the accessories that are connected to point shoes. So okay. all the ribbons and elastic, every toe pad possible, spacers, big tip, all of that. So anything that goes into the point shoe or on the point shoe, we carry. And is that something that you're helping the dancer to fit as well? Definitely. So depending on what point shoes you are in and what your foot is doing, uh, we we select a different toe pad for them. So the dancer is, um, I mean, point shoes are symmetrical and feet are not. Correct. So there's going to be a lot of um, spots. I call them hot spots Mm -hmm. on your foot where it's sticking out and it's pressing on the shoe a little bit more. And there's also empty spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it just depends on um, what your foot looks like and what the shoe looks like and what the inside of the shoe is providing. And we're, we're making up for that with the padding. Gotcha. Is, it, is this an it's depend, it depends question or do you tend to try to fill up the negative space with, with the padding so that you can kind of fill the shoe symmetrically as well? Does that make sense? So it really depends. Yes. So that's that's a good question. I, I generally try to do that, but um, I for 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 us just in general as point shoe fitters, like less is definitely more. Mm-hmm. So we try to do as least amounting padding possible if the dancer can help it, but um, as much as the dancer needs. So some dancers, even though there's a lot of negative space inside the point shoe, it doesn't bother them, hmm. and that's great. If that doesn't bother them, then I don't try to add more to that. Um, if uh, a dancer is having a lot of issue with pain and uh, pressure anywhere, then 
then we give them as much as they need in order for them to not suffer so much. Makes sense. And why do you want the least amount? Uh, the, the least amount because um, the dancer is able to control the shoe a lot easier mm-hmm. and they're able to articulate their feet when there's less padding. So the closer your foot is to the shoe, the easier it is to control it. So a lot of professionals uh, will just wear paper towels or they'll wear nothing or right. they'll have just a little bit of lance wool because they're able to use their foot more efficiently when there's less padding in there because you can't point what's not your foot. Right. So if it's just a bunch of things sitting on top of your foot, then it's very difficult to kind of control the shoe. That that makes sense. And then what about those um what about those relatively new padding things? I I don't have the right words for it, but you will help me, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Where um you mold it to your foot? Is it called perfect fit? Oh, the perfect fit. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The perfect fit. Um, I, th- I think it's great because it's like, it's a custom, sh- it's basically custom padding. But w- the problem with that, with a lot of dancers is that they stuff it so much mm-hmm. that it cements their toes together. Uh-huh. So they're not able to, again, move their toes inside the shoe. So when in the molding process, they say that you have to wiggle around your toes. But even, even then, a lot of dancers they, they cement their foot together. Um, I, I, I know a professional dancer who uses the perfect fit, uh, Sasha DeSolva, mm-hmm. she uses less than a quarter of the gel. So it's almost oh, wow. like just the fabric. Yeah. She's not using much of the gel at all. So in that case, I think it's great. So right. just a little bit where, where you need, where you need help and then no more than that. So, uh, even in her case, she might as well just be wearing paper towels because she's not using much of the gel at all. Right. But if you are able to use your self-control and not (laughs) use all of the gel, I think it's great. Right. That's cool. Um, question about pain for you. Dancing on point is like not, not painful. AKA it's, it's a little painful, right? I, I'm wondering like, how do you help dancers figure out what is acceptable and what is too much when it comes to discomfort in a point shoe and padding and shoe types and all that kind of stuff. So each dancer is very different. So skin sensitivity comes into play here. Mm-hmm. Um, so some dancers feel more pain than others and some dancers don't feel pain at all. Um, but I, for, for me, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't want to like take off your uh, you shouldn't want to quit right. because it's so painful. Um, it shouldn't be like ripping off your toenail or it shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be suffering such excruciating pain that you want to take off your shoes immediately. Right. Um, it's not an enjoyable experience, but it is something that shouldn't make you suffer that much. So, because there's so many different types of point shoes that are out there now, mm-hmm. there's so many different models. Like, there is no reason why you should be ripping up your foot. Makes sense, and that's like the not just after you've been dancing for a while, but when you're in the space with you as well. I imagine. Absolutely, yes. So that's the thing too is that when when I'm fitting their point shoes, they're they're on their point point shoes for like five minutes Mm -hmm. so if anything is bothering them during the five minutes I'm sitting them then it's going to bother you when you're in a two-hour rehearsal surely so 
I try to um, get as much information out of the dancer as I can, but there's always unanticipated pain as well. So there might be a hot spot that you might not feel when you're doing a point shoe fitting that you might feel later on. Right. But that's why it's, it's an ongoing journey. Like you come back to me later on and say, hey, this part really bothered me or this was happening in my shoe. Then it's like, okay, then let's fix that. Right. So it's always good to come in with the problem. Um, so like the first pair is obviously the most difficult because we're starting from scratch and we don't know any of the problems that the dancer is having. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I feel, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm jumping all over the place, but I have an, I have another like unrelated question for you cause they keep, they keep popping <laughs> in my mind. Um, okay. So you know, if I'm a PT looking at this, uh, listening to this podcast, like I've heard you say like that you would rather have someone send you a problem as opposed to a solution. And as, as physical therapists, as other movement specialists, we're pretty good at, at spotting movement problems. Um, are there any, is there anything in general that you might want to point out to, um, other healthcare professionals to look for, um, when a dancer is bringing their point shoes into us, um, or, or bringing their point shoes in so that we can evaluate their technique on point, um, that we should be like, oh, that doesn't look quite, quite great. Um, I'd like to send them to someone like you, Josephine, um, to get this assessed. Absolutely. So this is actually the most helpful when, when PTs send the dancers to us because, um, you, you, you understand strength. So when you say this dancer is really working on, her core Mm -hmm. or she has really, uh, she has, she has issues with strength. Then we know that we're on the same page about getting her something that's stable or getting her a shoe that she can work, um, to get stronger. So depending on how, so everything's on a spectrum of safety to, um, uh, safety to strengthening. So depending on what the dancer needs, if they're so wobbly that it's, um, that it is dangerous for that particular dancer mm-hmm. to be in an unstable shoe, then that's all we're looking for. Like we need a stable shoe. So, um, or if the dancer is, um, needs, she's safe, but she needs to work on certain things, then I will give her something that's a little bit more challenging. So depending on what our goals are, um, when the medical practitioner is able to articulate that to me, um, then it is much easier for us to find a solution or have like that interim shoe to make her better. That makes sense. And then also I'm kind of wondering like without, without going above and beyond the scope of what is, you know, appropriate as a physical therapist, like if we see someone in a shoe and like our first reaction is, oh gosh, that looks like it's ill-fitting. Like it looks like your pinky toe is coming out your box or it looks like your shoe is just too long or something that like, that just inherently doesn't look right. Is that an appropriate time to send them over even if they're not having issues or are there any other things that we should look for like just with within like how the shoe is fitting on the foot? Or again, do you feel like that's kind of outside of our jurisdiction? No, I think that's that's completely I, I think that's great if you are able to spot that and send them over to us too, because um when the shoe's not fitting correctly, um there there can obviously be a lot of problems. Uh that being said, uh sometimes I will um sometimes I don't care about aesthetics. Right. So sometimes a shoe 
does not look good on the dancer at all. And usually I tell them, I say, like, this is not the best looking shoe on you, mm-hmm. but it's going to help you do this. And we're only going to have this for like one or two pairs of point shoes. So gotcha. um, we're just going to work on this particular problem with this shoe, even though it's not very pretty. Mm-hmm. And then once we fix this problem, then we can go to a prettier shoe. But that's pretty, um, unless they're doing competition or, um, unless they're doing a competition or like a show that's coming up, I'm not too concerned about aesthetics as much as I am uh, about what the shoe is doing for the dancer. Right, right, absolutely. Um, Don't take this question the wrong way, Josephine, (laughs) because I know you're unique, but are you unique? Like in so much as do most point shoe fitters operate the same way that you do? Uh, We, I I certainly did not have that growing up Mm -hmm. and I'm, I, um, we definitely developed this over the years. Um, I've been fitting point shoes since I was 15. Um, uh, but a lot of the reason why I started to do this is because I started to notice that certain shoes did certain things for each dancer. Like I noticed that one particular shoe, uh, dancers across the board, they came back stronger, more mm-hmm. flexible or like whatever. So I started to notice these changes in each dancers because we, um, keep a lot of notes on each of our, uh, each of our clients. Sure. Um, so we started developing that method because of what I've noticed over the years. Um, it's not something that I read or, or learned about or how to fit. And I, I've been, when I was 15, when I was first being trained to fit for point shoes, uh, we were trained by all of the different brands and their point shoe fitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's also a point shoe fitter. So I grew up doing this and seeing a lot of the same issues over and over again. And I thought the best way to kind of go about it is because is to really view point shoes as a tool sure. rather than just a prop. Right. So I'm not sure. I think the I, I think the this method is spreading. So a lot more people are starting to do it. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to have a certain background in order to understand. It's just like being a PT. Like if you dance growing up and you understand uh, firsthand what it's like, then you're more likely to understand your clients because you were that person You've when you were growing it. up. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. We have covered a lot of awesome ground, so thank you so much for your your input and your experience and your expertise. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? I think it's I, I think the one takeaway from from this podcast would be to understand that there is a difference between a dance a specific dance professional, like a dance medical person or a dance uh, someone who has a dance background um and i think each dancer needs to have a team of people like mm-hmm. you said um the backstage team where um whether that is like a pt and a point shoe fitter and your ballet teacher and a cross trainer or a, a great pilates instructor that used to be a dancer like whoever that person might be you need people outside just your dance studio to kind of keep you healthy and keep dancing for as long as you wish yeah absolutely it takes it takes a village um definitely and if you're looking for ideas of other people who might be part of your your backstage dance team i mean take a look at or take a listen i should say to a few other of our episodes to get an idea of who else might be out there to be a support for you um definitely 
And if anyone would like to get in touch with you or perhaps learn a few things from you from your blog or ask your van to come to their hometown, (laughs) how can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? We're very easy to stalk. So (laughs) if you go on Instagram, we're at The Point Shop. Um, same thing with Facebook and, uh, we, if you want to see a real point shoe fitting, then you can go on our YouTube page. There are a ton of point shoe fitting videos, um, that are out there just solving different problems, but also spreading the idea that, you know, there's not one solution to the same problem. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you don't happen to have like a really pretty picture with like or it doesn't have to be pretty, but a nice picture with the a label of like all the different parts of a point shoe. Do you just in case someone's having trouble following what we were talking about in this conversation? Um, I'll try to look for one. We don't have one of our own, but there are a ton of photos online. Okay, cool. So we'll try to add that to this episode too, in case any of you um, got lost with what a vamp versus a shank versus etc. is. Um, so great. Okay. Thank you so much, Josephine. It was a total pleasure having you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Marissa. Of course. Bye. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Our intro soundscape was composed by the dynamic duo Brendan Berry and Dylan Ezzy, and dancer-designer Katie Dean crafted our visual image. To those of you who have made this season possible by contributing to DanceWell, we are infinitely grateful. We wouldn't be where we are without you. Your donations help us to pay for SoundCloud membership, website fees and upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you like what you hear, we invite you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and search DanceWell Podcast to subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. If you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.